I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Hey, welcome back to Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my good buddy, Chief John Salka. And uh, hey, before we before we move into our topic uh, for this episode, John, um, uh, I mean, business is picking up, classes and everything else. We're bouncing around. I know I was in North Carolina with a great group, and then um, I just did a whole room full of dispatchers in the, the Detroit area, uh, Detroit, Michigan. And you know, oh my God, was that great. And then uh, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana went down there. And then we've been in Can- like just outside Kansas City, Raymore, Missouri, uh, three-day company officer academy, two-day chief program. And I, I don't know. I, what, I, 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 we've never, we always say we've never had a bad class and we've never had a bad class. These guys and gals were great. I, I, the groups I had were freaking awesome. It was, it was actually, I was looking forward. I always look forward to it, John. You know what I'm saying? But I was actually looking forward to getting the day going because they were they, the, the interaction everything was just so great i mean they were awesome mm-hmm. and the, and the crew that i'm doing the uh <clears throat> the chief the chief officers program with is wonderful as well uh not, not not a great big group and we always we always talk about it we never hide that some of our groups are big some of our groups are small and there's advantages to both the big groups we always love because it's uh you know you get a little more excitement going in the crowd sometimes and small groups are great because it's a little bit more intimate and a little bit more you know, sometimes folks speak up a little bit more and ask a few more questions when there's only, you know, 20 or 30 people in the room. But uh, but you're right, both the company officer and the chief officer programs that we're doing in Missouri are great. I, I just came off a, I don't know what you want to call it, a busy couple of weeks. I was in uh, the Firehouse Expo in, uh, in Columbus, which was beautiful, really nice little town. Uh, then I was in Alexandria with the Andy Fredericks training days. Then I was in Richmond with, with, with a, a, a program there for a couple of days and home for a few days and, and, and right back out to here. So it's been a, uh, it's been a busy three weeks for me too, which is a little, uh, some of it, some of it holdovers from, from COVID that were postponed or whatever. And some of them uh, just first timers, but it's been great. And Andy Frederick's training days, still a great venue, still a great conference. And uh, you know, everybody's trying to create their own thing and flashy stuff and flashy names and, you know, and all this different stuff, or you know, drinking parties and all that. That conference is still awesome. It is. It is. It really is. It really is. Dan a and his big group of people, big big group of people that helped them run that, uh, include his wife, who's actually very involved in in registration and getting a lot of stuff done. Boy, they put on a great show. It still sells out in about nine minutes. Wow. When they open, I mean, it, it's limited to about three hundred something people. So you know, it is a limited audience. But but they fill the room. They fill this little theater type of rotund round uh what do you call those the stepped up the the tiered seating and it, it's quite dynamic it's very impressive as a presenter being there you're walking around in a circle practically uh and uh, it's like being in a miniature stadium with all people around you and uh, the, the audience is always very receptive and very responsive and 
like all instructors, we we appreciate that and enjoy that a lot when when every word that you say is well received and and you know uh, you have a good back and forth with all the folks that are there. So the Andy Fredericks training days is certainly one of my favorites. Uh, and the money still goes into a great cause. The kids are all grown now. They're all graduated from school. They're all in jobs and stuff like that. But uh, now they're using the money to uh, for scholarships for guys <clears throat> to go to shows, to go to wow. some of the conferences, which is uh, a, very, a very great and generous idea, too. How cool is that? And I, they'll get great pictures. And now, where do they hold it at? What's the building? What's the facility? Uh, it's, at the, it's at the George Washington Masonic National <laughs> Hall. It is absolutely beautiful. I love it. Being, I don't remember a lot of things, but I never forget that. Be, being a Mason, you know where I was going with that. I'm like being a Mason. I'm like because it's a it's a wonderful building. I'm like ah, what a great what a great it's, place. It is probably nicer, more elegant, more majestic, more marble than most state capitals. Wow. I'll tell you what, it is absolutely beautiful. I know that's it's just you know, and that's the Masons, man. That's the Masons. So, but uh, hey, oh, okay. So great conferences and all that stuff. Um, uh, you and I were talking like 30 seconds before we went live here. Uh, like we always do about well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to talk about this one? You know? And, yeah. Yeah. And once in a while something pops in and we're like, Hey, let's get out. Let's do one right now on this. You know, we're, you and I sit in a hotel lobby and that, but you know, just with as many classes we've been doing recently, you know, we just talked about the conferences and the programs and the people um, you brought up a good point. And, and I know I mention it in class a lot. Um, about about just you know knowing your job know, knowing your job knowing your stuff knowing your weapon knowing your tools knowing your equipment you know this is the fire service this is this is not i have to know how the dough maker makes the dough and then i, I put the sauce on the pizza this way and all this this is this is important stuff this is you know we've always said i, I say all the time there's no do-overs in the fire service you get one chance to do this stuff right and you got to know your job right Absolutely. These are emergency scenes that we're responding at, whether it's a car rolled over on a highway, whether it's a kid choking, whether it's somebody under the water drowning, whether it's, whether it's a, a bedroom fire. I mean, think of all the things that somebody lost in the woods, everything. And this is another topic I came up with lately that I'm looking at maybe developing all about. Everything's about time in the fire service. The clock starts the minute somebody calls. Dispatcher answers it, boop, right. the, the, the clock starts. Dispatcher sends it out. The companies get it, boop, the clock starts. Response times are dramatic. They're important. Uh, the FDMY made a much bigger deal out of them than they should have a couple of years ago with the last commissioner or the last couple of commissioners. But they were making a big, big deal about response times and comparing every fire run to every EMS run in the same neighborhood or the same box location. And, and it got a little out of control. And it was sort of it was born out of the NYPD, which had a guy that started the uh, CompStat, which was they were really critically looking at every stat on arrests and, and pursuits and crime numbers. They adopted it into the FDMY because it's the same city and they thought it would work there. It's been abandoned. They, they, they don't use it anymore. But, the, but, but that does not negate the fact that what we just brought up is time is important. Every single task we're given, uh, the clock is ticking and somebody out there, some customer, them, T-H-E-M, them. And I, I know those guys listening that love that, right? They are why we're doing stuff for those people out there, them. And they're waiting. And they shouldn't have to wait another minute or another 10 seconds for us to figure out what line to pull or that we pulled the one that was one length too short to get to that house or whatever the other conditions might be. Absolutely. And exactly. I, I've said this so many times, John, um, you know, about an example I give is, you know, we're, we're, you know, when we're doing our tactics class or we're doing a sweat and a small stuff, something, 
you know, how many times do the, the guys want to, the guys and guys want to bring on the upper ass floor, show you the pumper, you know, show you the rig and, you know, they're showing you all the compartments and they go, yeah, we got, look at the, we got these, whatever load it is, uh, pre-connect to this and you go, oh, that, okay. So that's inch and three quarter. Cause you know, everybody's got, you know, something, maybe two inch, some people different stuff or, you know, pre-connected two and a half and that. And okay, it's three quarter line. So I'm, I'm trying to look, what kind of nozzles do you have on there? You know, vindicator, smoothbore, fog, whatever. And they go, it's a, uh, uh, whatever nozzle, you know, double upside down, uh, task force tip, uh, Elkhart, uh, fog nozzle, smoothbore combination, whatever. And, you know, the question I'm going to ask, I, I ask myself, so what's your flow? What, what do you get out of it? When you turn it, when you open it up, how much water comes out of the end of it? And, you know, they look at each other and one starts, and these are good guys and gals, don't get me wrong, but they look at each other and they go, um, 150? No, it's 165, dude. No, 175. No, I thought, it's one, I thought 187 was what. And my, my question is, you know, I think it's pretty important to know how many bullets are coming out of your gun? And, and Yeah, and my question is, how the hell could you not know that? How do you not know that answer? We didn't ask you how many revolutions does the, does the pump go when you're in, when you're in you know, when you're flowing water. We didn't ask you some technical piece of knowledge that only a mechanic or maybe an MPO might even know. We asked you, oh, what's the, what's the flow on that? Or, gee, how many lengths do you have up there? Uh, four, right, Billy? No, I think it's four over there and five over here. And I'm saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a basic engine. That's a, that, that's a bread and butter operation, stretching a hose line at a house fire. You don't know that this is the four length and that's the six length? Exactly. Oh, the same. Oh, and what do you think? And what do you think? You're like, you asked three more guys. And like you said, you know what? They're all good guys and good gals. They're all good people that know what they're doing and love the job. But this, there's a certain, there's a certain list of things like, like we call this, this episode, you know, what do you know? You, you've got to know certain stuff about your basic engine, your basic truck. We're talking mostly engine stuff tonight, but uh, you really got to know that. What, what's your flow? You should have some idea of what the flow is. You should have some idea of what your nozzle capabilities are. Not just a smooth ball. We got no fog here. We, all we got is a smooth ball, broken stream or smooth or, or, you know, full stream. So uh, that's just one of the things I think, and I think we both agree that you should know as a basic backstep firefighter. Well, we, we, so, so, so. Are you allowed to say backstep firefighter? <laughs> <laughs> you have to say way back when, but, but, but John, so, so yeah. So knowing your flows, knowing what's coming out of the nozzle, when you open it up, you know, one of the things that I brought up was, you know, okay, so you, you sent in, you know, the guys got the, the initial tack lines getting their ass kicked and, you know, they're in there and they're all right, buzzing, time to come out. All right, get in and relieve engine, you know, 251. And you get in there and and before you open up the nozzle, you kind of want to know, all right, did this guy have it in a fog pattern or in a straight stream mode or whatever? And and some guys will say, well, you know, if it, it, righty tidy, lefty loosey. And I say, yeah, but there's a much quicker way. You know, why don't you just reach up over the end? And 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 if it's flush, it's in a fog pattern. If you can stick your fingers in the core, if you will. Then it's in a straight straight stream mode, and and that seems pretty basic, but it is pretty basic. It's stuff you should know. So, I'm just gonna say it doesn't seem pretty basic. It is pretty basic. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's basic, and and then so 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 now back that up. We're talking flows. We're talking how much water comes out of your nozzle, and um, oh, and what I love you talk real quick. I know one of those squirrel moments. In class, uh, John, yesterday, when we we're doing the uh, first due officer, you know, with the company officer cami, you know, we know how I always ask. So if, if you're inside on the line, what are all the things that could go wrong? Tell me you're on the nozzle, right? You and I do this. What could go wrong? Oh, we could lose a water main, a pump, uh, a line could burst, all this stuff, so on and so forth, right? And, and I loved it because the guy said, you know, he said, 
get a bunch of rocks up in the nozzle, you know, restricting your flow. And I went, finally, you, you know, you, we, you and I talk about that stuff, you know, when it comes to fog nozzles, but this guy just ran off. I go, God, I, I was like, for him just to spout that off, I thought it was pretty cool. So again, we're talking flows and water and how much comes out. And, and I, I said to them in class, I think Captain James Salka, United States Marine Corps captain, knows how many bullets comes out of his gun at all times. He knows how many, how many he shot out and how many he has left. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can pretty much say I'm positive about that. So that back, let's back this up, John, past the nozzle, past all the hose. There's something the hose that, you know, is connected to and, and forget it for a standpipe, but that's your pumper. And how much water do you have? How much do you have? How, you know, how, you know, and I think you brought this up that, you know, you asked the question. So what do you guys bring it to the scene? And guys will go, well, we have right, right. One guy goes, oh, I think it's 750, right, Billy? We used to have 500. They went up to 750 now. No, 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 no. That's, that's 561. 562, I think we still got seven. And again, I'm saying, you guys don't know what the pump size is on your rig. So they changed it once a year and a half ago or a year ago. And, and you're not, you're not absolutely certain about that. You don't know for sure that there's 750 on there. Um, or, or whatever the number is. Now, now that's one aspect of the pump and, and your volume. How much water are you carrying, right? So that's one aspect of it. Do you know the number? The other, other aspect of it is, okay, so, all right, guys, let's say it's 750. So what does that give you? You go into your instruments, you go to the line. You go into an instrument three-quarter to a house fire. You got a room going, a room. Uh, how, how long do you think that's going to last you, 750? Operating your instrument three-quarter inside a house. What, how many minutes of operation do you think you're going to get? Counting shutting down and moving in and, and knocking down. And what, what do you think? Of, and again, it's like you're asking them for, you know, the, the square root of 350,000. <laughs> and I mean, they're not even coming up with a number. And these are all really basic. Now, I know, listen, and, and you and I are not famous for this, but I think guys recognize that you and I, we don't try and ask silly questions. We don't try and come up with ridiculous answers on things like that. And I know that how long you get out of a, out of a tank of water could vary, could vary depending on your nozzle man and your officer and their skills and how long they hold the line open and shut it back down. So, you know, good experienced nozzle firefighter can get probably a couple of three, four minutes more out of the same tank of water that maybe a younger inexperienced firefighter might get. Maybe may keep it open longer and, and maybe sort of waste a little water. So there's no exact answer, but I still just want your answer. I want the experienced guy to say, I get 12 minutes at least out, out of that 750 tank and, and, and know it and know that he's right. Even though some young guys say, well, I did it once and they said it was only seven minutes. And the answer is you both could be right. The point is you should know. Holy shit, we've been in here about five or six minutes. I only get about seven usually, you know, because I use a lot of water. That's all. Well, and I, and I think I've done it hundreds of times. You said it. Um, I've, I've done it with you in class and when we're not together, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole point, the story of, you know, showing up where, you know, when, where I was working and uh, uh, we had pretty good size, good, good, good size, uh, two-story single family dwelling, fire out the second floor, went two windows actually. And first engine they get there, I'm there and they're stretching your line and, and you got guys pulling five inch off the back, pull five inch and they're trying to get back. I'm like, I said, drop the five inch. I got the next new engine bringing you water, get in there and go to work with the line and, and back and forth. Back, and they're flying. Oh, so they go in. So you know how it was great, great place, right? The guys, uh, the, you know, the guys get back to the office and, you know, one, one of the office chairs from the, uh, from the uh, conference room next to my office slides in with a guy. Then there's two or three or four. So now they're all five or sitting there. And now we're going to talk because, you know, who doesn't want to talk, talk tactics and strategy? And I said, 
So why were you guys worried about, you know, get your five inch stretch and, and you know, where I'm going with this. I said, well, we don't want to run out of water. I said, so how much water do we have on, on our, on our booster tank, you know, and now you and I've talked about, there's some place, some quints have three and 400, you know, some older rigs, there's fives, a lot of them are seven fifties now, and then there's thousand and you know, a little bit bigger, but this one happened to be seven fifty. I said, okay, so what, what do we flow out of our nozzles? And then the, the whole discussion started, right? Well, this, this, this. So tell you what, let's just, let's just make it easy math wise. Let's just call it 150, 150 gallons of water per minute. So what do we have? 750. Let's even make it easier math wise. Let's say you dump 50 gallons of water on the ground while you were like, you know, messing around. So you have 700. How many minutes is that? You know, 150 gallons, per, you know, 150 GPM nozzle. How many minutes? And they're like four, uh, four and a half. I said, tell you what, let's even make it even more easier with the math. Let's say you only have 500 gallons of water, 150 GPM nozzle. Okay. How much water do you have? And they're like, okay, about three minutes. You know, you guys come back with the whole three minute thing. I said, okay. So now you pull up, you flake the hose out. You're masking up. You tell your driver to charge it. He charges the line. You're masked up, hood, helmet, all stuff. Your officer comes back to his 360. You, 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 you bleed the line like you're supposed to, you know, so many guys don't do that still. You watch the videos, they, they don't do it. And, uh, you know, I'll even open the, the door for you inside the hallway. Boom. Here's all this. You got this room full of fire going. Okay. And I, and John, you know what? You, you see me do this. I have a guy with his stopwatch on his iPhone. Yep. Yep. And it's go, a great, it's a okay. great technique. Okay. You ready? You ready? Okay. Boom. Open the nozzle, start timing. And I go, and I go, so now you're in there, right? You're in there with this nozzle, fully cocked, man, wide open, just full of water. And you're full of water. And you're full of water. Are we at a minute yet? No, chief, we're at like seven seconds. Okay, God, this is going to take a while. Okay, we're full of water. Because that's what you do, right? You crawl into a, into a, a burning building, you open the nozzle, and you never shut it down. You just wide open, just spray it. And they're like, no, no, no. So what do you do? Like you said, well, you know, we hit it. We hit the ceiling. I used to call it the Zorro. Do the Z. Hit the ceiling, come down, hit, you know, the little Zorro thing. You know, carb your Z. And, okay, we do that. And then we, we knock it. And then we push in further. And then we open up. We hit again. Then we knock it. We, you know, we shut it down. We push in further. I said, so you're, you're, taking, you're taking bite-sized chunks. You're hitting the fire, knocking it, beating it back in there. And then you're pushing it a little bit further. And you're turning the hallway. And you're beating it back into this. You're not in there with the nozzle fully open. I go, how long are we at? He goes, and I've been tying myself right now. He goes, we're still not a minute. Okay, this is going to take a while to get through three minutes with water. So, guys, how many people, if you crawl into a burning building and you have that nozzle wide open the whole time, you're either spraying it out a window or a door or you crawled into, like, hell. You have no, you know. So so that being said, and, and I reason I brought this up because you made such a great point a few minutes ago. Some guys have got 12 minutes out of that tank of water. And, 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 and the, the guy with the propeller cap, you know, and his protractor over there and all this stuff is going to go to slide roll. Wait a minute. It's 150 gallon per minute nozzle and you have 500 gallons of water. I'm looking at 500 gallons of water, 150. I'm doing the math. No, it's only like three minutes because we're not in there with the nozzle open wide the whole freaking time for three minutes. Right. So, so right. I, I did, that was such a great point to our, to our listeners. Think about it. You know, if you want to go out in, into the park, and put a cone out there and, and flow your nozzle wide open like guys do and just run and watch your tank levels go bink, 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 bink. You're out of water. You can do that. Right. And, and the other thing that that, that that point raises is like everybody thinks all oh, like truck guys, you know, they get their skill. There's techniques and skill on how to handle a, a Halligan 
and an axe, how to force through a door. You got to put the, the bevel of the tool, the bevel of the fork a certain way for this, or you got to put the ads in for a certain door that swings this way or swings that way. Uh, you're up on the roof, you get the K-12, you get the partner saw, you got a circular saw, you got to insert it in a certain way. This, this is how you roll the beams. You pull the saw towards yourself, and, and this is the proper, safe, most effective stance for your feet while you're up on the roof, and make sure you push the ceiling down. Anybody thinks, oh, but the nozzle guy just goes in there and just opens the nozzle and the fire goes out. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Putting the fire out, the nozzle team, the nozzle firefighter in particular, but not just the nozzle firefighter, the nozzle firefighter and the backup firefighter, both of them working in unison. They got to know what they're doing. They got to have experience. The, the, the backup firefighter who may never even see any fire, he may be looking at the floor. He may be looking backwards the way he's holding the line. He is as an important job as the nozzle firefighter. Pushing the line, like if the nozzle guy's going to the left a little bit, the backup firefighter should be pushing the remainder of the hose off to the right to make that turn a little bit easier for him. The nozzle fire should be, like you said, a Z or a rapid circle or a figure eight. Everybody has all the different ways they like doing it. There's no wrong way to do that, right? So everybody has these techniques that they use. Some guys, well-experienced senior firefighters have been to a lot of jobs, know to open it up, give it a quick shot, boom, shut down and take, take yeah. two more little half steps up, two more little crawls. And open it up again and make a hard left bend into that closet. Knock that little closet down, shut down, maybe put their back against the wall and, and shoot 180 degrees the other way as they're entering the room from the doorway. There's lots of engine techniques, nozzle handling techniques, backup firefighter techniques that are all very important. And those two firefighters need, and then you got this officer not bumbling around, but, you know, trying to stay out of the way because he's not actually handling the hose maybe. Right. Or maybe he is in a smaller department. Maybe he is the backup firefighter. So my goodness. Just the two people putting the fire out in a one or two room house fire, they have as much to know and remember and practice. They have as many skills and tactics to, to get right as a, a forceful entry firefighter or a hearse tool firefighter or a roof cutting firefighter has. So it, that, that idea that, oh, you just go in there, open a nozzle, and the fire goes out and you back out, uh, couldn't be farther from the truth. Well, it, and it, go, it goes back to, you know, Jack McCaslin, God bless him. You know, you, how many times you ever talk about Chief Jack McCaslin, Big Mac, one of my mentors, uh, taught me my firefighter when I was 18. I, I miss him. Decorated combat Vietnam vet Marine. Should be dead for what he did in Vietnam. What, a, what He should have been killed. Just what an amazing man. And he used to say this phrase. He used to say this phrase. He goes, you know, we're kind of, he'd take his hands and do these circles. You know, we got to stop worrying about all the la the Lama Dama bat belt, the, the Lama Dama bat, bat belt shit. You know, he didn't do like the, like the bat belt. You got this bat belt and we're out there. And, and what he was, the point he was making is the one I make. We're so busy jumping out of helicopters with carabiners and what's the fanciest, latest, shiniest, coolest thing to do, John. Guys don't know how much water's in a tank, like you said. They don't know how much right, water comes out right. of the nozzle. They don't but know they how to recite the hose. They can recite the breaking strength of a current mantle rope when tied to a halogen at 20, at 20 feet <laughs> off the job. I mean, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and you just said something. You know you know how many times we, we actually we did a show. How many times have we said, when guy, when you, so what you, would you do, John, to fire? Uh, I just pumped. Really? You just pumped? You just pumped. I mean, so what you're telling me is you just eh, kind of got water to the guys inside so they could put the fire out, get to the people inside there and keep them alive. You drove them there safely. In terms of, no, no, the driver and the chauffeur, the driver engineer is a critical, critical person in what we do to and from the scene, whatever, so on and so forth. So is the heel man. So you just said it. The heel, I mean, everybody's like, oh, you know, I was just heel. Where were you at? I was in the heel. I went on the, because everybody wants a nap, right? I mean, of course. Right. But, God, John, think about this. 30, 30, 30, almost 
got just under 35 years in New York City, 45 plus years in, in the fire service at least. How many times, all right, have you have you been in or or witnessed your crews get in and they're about that much short on hose? You know, they make the door, they get in on that, on that condo or the high rise or the, and, the, and the fire's blowing down the hallway, come <clears> out, <throat> and they hit it and they're like, I need more law. I need more law. And, and the, the heel guy's sitting there going, what? And they they push the fire, you know, back and it comes back out. It's kind of like a, a teeter-totter seesaw game. Yep. And I'm like, so the And it doesn't guy, happen often. doesn't happen often, but but you'll never forget it. You you could just go to a couple of those in your whole career and it's, and it's, it's dramatic. You're hearing a captain yelling, you know, and and seven two to chauffeur, yeah, you know, t- tell them to lighten up on the line or seven two to backup, lighten up, lighten up. We get meaning lighten up on the line, meaning give us more hose. And you know what? If if you pick the wrong line, if you didn't do a good hose line estimate, hose line estimate is as is as scientific as any other estimation that we do with the fire scene. And if you stretch just one length short, oh. you may as well have not gone in the building because you're well, not going to make the final turn into the room that's on fire, you know? And, uh, and I'm going to mention one, another one of my mentors you've heard me talk about, Chief Eddie Enright, retired from Chicago 38 years. Remember I told you, when he was in the 3rd Battalion, he was on 98 engine, down next to John Hancock, high-rise guru, old snorkel squad one guy, incredible, absolutely incredible man, friend, father, husband, and, and just fire officer, just incredible. And I, I remember, I th- you've heard me say this a bunch of times, we're in the 3rd Battalion, I'm riding with them, and we're on Chicago Avenue. And all of a sudden, he just pulls over, just pulls over, throws his overheads on, says, Rick, he points down the, the street, third house in from the corner, three-story frame, fire, top floor, rear. How much hose do we need? I'm like, he goes, don't worry about the cars. How much hose do we need? I go, okay. So I'm looking, I go, all right, so my engine, I'm going to put the tailboard there, the bumpers away, because I want to leave the front over for the truck. I got about I got about seventy five feet to get from from the from the pumper to the front lawn around to that side door to get up that stairwell. You know, rule of thumb is in, in commercial buildings and big apartment buildings, it's like it's usually about one length per landing, but that's not quite it. But you know what? Yeah, yeah, I can top third floor back. I can get it with the two hundred foot cross light. And he turned the lights off. We pull away. And and and, and the lesson was right. We've said it. The company officers have enough to think about when they turn a the corner. If they have to turn around, and go, John, uh, pull the top cross lay and um, and bring it this way. You know, unless you're a probie, and I, I, most probies know their shit. You, you, you know what? There should be no no even thinking. You look, you, you the confidence you have in your crew. You get off. You go. You know what you say, Rick? Front door. Got you, Cap. Boom. You know. And you're stretching the line. And like, you know, you're looking at that. And he did that so many times going, Rick, how much hose? How much water do we need? But how much hose do we need to get there? And you've said this about your control guy, right? Is it the control guy that counts the couplings? No cross lays, no pre-connects in New York City. No no pre-connects, no pre-connects. All our hoses, as Andy Frederick would call, off a dead load, off the back of the rig, we get... We get 10 lengths to two and a half, reduced to inch and three quarter, six lengths on top of that. A pretty standard job wide. There's two of those. There's two beds identical, just like that off the back step. No cross lays, nothing comes off the side of the rig. And so you got 16 lengths of hose. You can stretch anywhere you want. One length, five lengths, 10 lengths, 16 lengths. You can stretch anything you want. So there's, it, it's not even it's not even easy like, oh, stretch the long one or the short one. Or how about the place that has two cross lays and they're both four lengths or five lengths long? They don't even have to make a decision. They've eliminated one decision by having two the same, but they still better know that they're both five lengths long because if you need six, neither one is going to work. So FDNY, back to FDNY, you know, obviously we're, you know, 
we're very fortunate to have heavy staffing, to have, have plenty of people on the engine. So a couple of people are pulling the first one, two, maybe even three lengths off the rig. And then the last guy is at that back step saying three, four, five. And he knows it's a six-length stretch because he looked at it. One, two, right, three, right. four, five, six. And, and he knows it's going to be six. And he'll either, he'll either pull the six, the six coupling off or the coupling representing the six-length. And he'll wave the chauffeur on who's going to go down the block maybe another 150 feet, 200 to the hydrant. Or he'll pull it off and break it quick and hand it to the chauffeur and then follow his company in. But the point is, you can't stretch a single line in the FDNY without knowing how many lengths you need because they're all connected together. You have right. to know, otherwise you're going to pull 16 lengths off. And, and obviously, that's not going to work. I, I wanted to add something else that I, that I almost forgot for a moment, and I will forget again if I don't say it now. And the other thing is, I mean, those like a house fires. That one down the block, you know, two and a half, three and a half story house. Now go to a little tenement. Go to a little two or three story frame building, row frame, or go, go to a, a brick and Joyce tenement four stories, five stories. And now there's a possibility of there being a well hole in the stairway. So you have 45 engine, Captain Murphy jumps off the rig. He runs in with the truck. And the first thing he says is he doesn't say four, you know, four or five to show for four or five to nozzle. He just says on the radio, no well or well hole. And now all of a sudden that changes the stretch. Now a fire on a fourth floor could be a three length stretch because it's one length into the building. One length gets into the fire floor. And, and now you have, more than one length for the five floor, which is more, more than enough to get the job done. So when you add that into it, different types of buildings might have a well hole where you can just pull a, pull a hose line straight up between the banisters and not have to go around each banister, you know, each, each floor stairway, you know? So there's so many ways to, to account for this and to think about this. There's so many variables. You've got to be really heads up. You're not just pulling up saying, ah, just pull pre-connect number two and we got this. Certainly you'll get away with it for a long time. And then someday you're going to be, down the hall or at the top of the stairs and you're not going to be able to make the turn and you're going to probably have to shut this thing down and, and have, have a line added somewhere or somebody's going to have to stretch another line past you, you know? Yeah. And let's, line. let's try and do that in, in, in a, in a very intense fire situation, or we have to back down to a stairwell and we give up the ground. We just fought and won, you know, we just beat our asses trying to get down this hallway. We got to give it, we got to give up that ground we fought for because we got to retreat to add more line. And that's exactly that's what I say. The heel man, the, the the control man, counting the counting the you know counting the couplings, counting the lengths. Boom, boom, boom. I said this the other day, John. Yesterday, I said, you know, the, the big thing like a two and a half. You know, when, when people pull two and a half, I said, you know, I, I how we half the time you see them pulled, they pull them short because either it's a pre-connect, that's fine. All right, maybe like a little so like a two hundred foot uh, blitz line, two hundred foot or you know, but when they're pulling off the back, the guy who's pulling off, I always tell him pull extra. Right, we you and I've talked about. We could lose all that hose on the street, on the front lawn, or whatever. You know, pull, pull. You know, okay, I got it off. Pull, pull extra. As soon as you think you have pull extra, because they're going to want to move it this way, they're going to move it that way, and you know, and you're you know, not going to be able to pull the fire engine down the block. You know, you know, it was great in the old FDNY pictures and videos and and life in the old FDNY. A lot of busy engines, a lot of good engines used to drop two lines. Oh, so yeah, five engine. 28 engine, you know, 48 engine used to pull up to a box, a good job going on a third or the fourth floor of, a, of, a, of an old law tenement. They pull their line, and because both lines were packed, they were packed the same way in 1968 as they are today, right? Ten lengths, two and a half, six inches, three quarter on top with a smooth bore nozzle, for the most part, not exclusively. But so they pull off one, two, three. They determine this is going to be a four length stretch, right? They pull off one, two, three, and an extra length. And then they jump up there and pull the second nozzle, the second floor, or maybe even five, maybe an extra length so they could get to the floor above if necessary, and dump it in the street. 
And I, that's what was great about all the hoes coming off the back bed of an FDNY pumper. Because now we could drive down the block and both of those lines would continue to flop off the back. They continued to deploy as he drove down. And both the attack line that all the firefighters were now advancing and the second line that they just dumped in a heap on the street, they're, they're both sitting there. And as the rig goes down the block, more hoses flopping out of each bed. And when he gets down the block, he's going to pull, you know, the first line coupling out, disconnected, connected to his discharge, test the hydrant, and they're going to be in business. And then when the second or third engine or whoever the chief decides is going to operate that second line, when they get there, the line's right in front of the building ready, coming off the same pumper. He may even have it connected by them. Talk of, and that was in the, in the good old days, man, when they had plenty of fires. The first engine not only got the first line going, they dumped the second one there. The second engine didn't even have to make a selection or anything. It was there in front of the building in the street. Well, and, and the reason it was successful was because they trained on it. They knew about it. Every firefighter, it wasn't like, like we started this show. Well, I'm not sure how much water we have in our tank, and I'm not sure what comes out of our nozzles. You know, I, like you said, I could tell you what size rope and what length and what diameter, you know, blah, 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 is, but... And it's all important too, but man, oh man, so this goes back to, and I've said this umpteen times, it's actually in our leadership book. One of our, one of our favorites, Commissioner Leo Stapleton, ah, you know, God that, his soul. 1996, I'm getting the Innovator Year Award from the instructors for the, you know, the Save Your Own program, creating that. And he, I remember him, remember he's doing his talk and he's out there and he walks up to the podium, you know how he was, he kind of hunches, you know, kind of shorter guy, he gets to the podium and, and, and there's, you know, 4,000 people in the audience. It's FDIC. This is 96. And I'm watching him on TV because I'm going to do my thing after him. And he walked, remember, you, you know where I'm going with this story. John walks out there. He goes, so I see I see that this year's team is back. I can't even do a Boston accent. I see that this year's team is back to, back to the basics. He goes, uh, back to the basics. Why do we leave them in the first place? Actually, we kind of suck at them. And Johnny put one slide up on the screens with 12 bullet points. You know what they were? I mean, you've heard me say this. It was for our listeners. It was, it was search and rescue, advance the initial attack line, you know, room orientation, forcible entry. I'm like, and, and you almost at first went, God, I feel kind of bad now because we suck at all this stuff. But he was, he's right. The whole thing is the whole phrase of back to the basics. And that, that was his whole point. It, it's kind of a goofy... Why are we even saying that? Why, why did we leave the basics in the first place? And you never should. And you never should. You know, and that, you know, that's, that's one of the dilemmas of the fire service, particularly the, the modern fire service, the modern American fire service. There's so many things. Just go to a show, go on, go on the exhibit floor. And, and there's 10,000 tools and appliances out there that are all effective and all important. And some of them are new and some of them are old. But there's really, I mean, how much can you get on a simple old engine? Look at the old Seagraves, the old Max we used to have with, you know, four compartments on each side, a couple of hard suctions, a, a, a portable ladder, and a, and a nice big hose bed and a tank. And that's all that was on the rig. And they were in business for 100 years like that, without any special tools, without all these dials and gadgets and swivels and these and that. And I'll tell you, what, I, mean, I know we're old school here, which is why we call that's why we call the show old school. But I'll tell you what, for basic engine operations in a typical urban city or even suburban it's pretty basic stuff, and, and basics is where it's all at. Yeah, you need a rescue, you need a squad, you need some special operations units. Everybody needs that. We know that. But those are, those are not few and far between, but, but much less frequent than just pulling a hose line for a, for a room and contents. And that's the stuff that, hey, we talk about it all the time, and I always get to roll this fact in. How many Americans die in fires every year? 
3,000 Americans die in fires every year, and it's been practically every year for the past 20 or 30 years. I know people die in confined space. I know people die at high angle incidents and stuff like that, but it's, it's dozens for the whole year compared to thousands of fires. We really got to keep ourselves focused on that, you know? Well, we do. And, and it goes back to you and I talking briefly, like 30 seconds before we, 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 we went with the show recording it about kind of, you know, we were saying, this is the stuff you should know. Maybe we should call, I think a great title for it is what you should know. Cause we could, we could talk about this tomorrow and cover totally different topics about what you should, it could be your SCBA or it could be whatever you, the Halligan like we could, you and I could do a show on that. Actually, we, I don't think we've done one. I'm just, we did one on the K tool, you know, we've done close to 70 shows, you know, just on old school. Um, uh, but I mean, there, there's so many, it, it is, I love that title, what you should know. So here we go. We just, we just spent, probably 30 minutes ish or whatever talking about what you should know and all we, we we and we we at the mass we barely touched on the nozzle the flows tank water and line positioning and the right right I mean, never mind the engine we just talked really about the hose line and the stretch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so to our, so to so to, to our, some of our listeners hey here you go when you're sitting around the kitchen table lieutenant cap bring this stuff up when you're sitting there, when the guys are eating their oatmeal and finishing their peanut butter toast or whatever, you say, hey, come, hey, quick little talk here, guys. Little tabletop here. So we got two engines sitting out there. We got the we got the frontline engine, reserve engine. What's the difference between the tank sizes? Right. Well, they're both 750. This one's 500. So let's talk hose beds. Let's talk. There's departments out there. How about they have two unequal? You know, I already talked about this. They have two cross lays, but they're not the same size. Well, if you put the longer one, you pull the long one first. You better hope the shorter one can get you where the longer one did, or you're going to be doing what we said. Bring me another right. pen right. up here, you know. So, what you should know, pretty basic stuff. But guys, take this opportunity, men and women out there, the fire service, sit around a kitchen table. That that's how this whole old school stuff started, folks. John and I sit around in our hotel rooms in the lobbies and just talking shop. Sit down and talk about what you should know with your people. That guy, great, great, great topic, buddy. Great topic. Oh, cool. So hey, cool. uh, email for the email for the folks, man. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm Chief, I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. We, we appreciate you, you know, following us. Uh, we've been getting some great feedback on this. It's fun, John, to go to the shows, go to the conferences and the classes, seminars, and people come and go, I love it. I follow your old school and all that. And we're like, hey, just spread the word. We're not asking for donations and we're not money and all this other stuff and that. <laughs> um, you know, so uh that being said, uh, hey, we, we we never end any of our shows without uh, asking you to please keep the men and women armed forces of your thoughts and prayers. Uh, remember our brothers and sisters in blue, and especially when it comes to what we do, never forgetting means just that, never forgetting. Be safe. God bless you. We'll see you next time.